Namaste, namaste, family. What is up, what is up, what is up? Going over an excerpt from Baron Baptiste's Journey into Power, where he talks about just going back and visiting Gold's Gym and just having a different perspective from teaching the Philadelphia Eagles and being a world changer. So I can align with definitely a lot of the things he goes through with the same mindset of going from weightlifting and yoga and just the different perspectives we have on fitness and different body types and whatnot so it's always good to have a just different perspective especially uh like from my background i played sports all my life football basketball baseball hockey tennis cross soccer uh you know even gym class when growing up but never do they ever teach us the elements and tools that we learn in a power vinyasa class or just a baptiste iyengar hatha yoga any of the the yoga styles just that extra knowledge and perspective on how you can connect your body and mind and also that we can be ambidextrous or give our left side and our right side both equal and opposite love and nourishment and crafting and cultivating skills on each side versus just being right dominant or left dominant so it's very interesting how the world and education sort of just omits very crucial things that can add to health and wellness for generations that is very natural and very free and abundant. So beginning this book and this quote, this is also from the end of the book, if anyone's looking at it, it's on page 205. So quote unquote, on a recent trip to Los Angeles, I went to one of my old haunts, Gold's Gym in Venice Beach. That particular gym is like the world mecca of bodybuilding. Arnold trained there, as have countless others. When I told a friend where I'd gone, she laughed and said, I love it. The big yogi pumps iron? It's all yoga, I told her. On or off the mat, it's yoga. Even if I'm in the creme de la creme of the weightlifting world, I'm still putting all I've learned in my practice into action. I'm using my ujjayi breathing for stamina and presence my abdominal lock for core stabilization, a focused gaze for calm determination, the master principles of alignment for healthy form. Yes, I'm lifting weights, but beyond that, I stay aware of my edge, practice maintaining equanimity, and use my intuition to know when less is more and when to push further. Yoga isn't just about what happens on the mat. It is so much more than postures or meditation in motion, or breathing, or eating to cleanse. If this whole program didn't have a practical real-life value, I wouldn't bother living or teaching it. That would be a waste of time. What all of this is really about is total life transformation. It's what happens in every waking moment, using your intuition as your guide to change any circumstance in your life. The true journey into power means living the practices and principles I've been talking about in every dimension of your life. Your body, your spirit, your work, your relationships, your environment, all the tools in this book are the means for you to wake up, discover your connection to the power of the universe, and transform your body, your life, and the world from the inside out. The real essence of power is the energy that is within and behind us. You already know that there is a force within you that is not necessarily of you. 
that magnificent force which runs the universe is always there willing to support you. Let go and allow that force to guide your actions. This force whispers to you in the language of intuition and it is your intuition that allows you to live from your authentic self. As we rewire our minds towards true growth, we can let go of our attachment to money, popularity, prestige, and all of the things we strive for in this world because in our hearts we know that by themselves these things will lead us nowhere. We can now stop chasing what we have once perceived as success and let a natural unfolding occur. As we meditate and learn to move, breathe, and be from our calm center, we both become new men and women. We become open vessels through which the universe can channel light, truth, and love. Continually refining our practice and our purposeful intention allows us to radiate a power in this world that is not of this world. People will not fail to notice, and we will be repaid in many ways and on many levels unseen. If we do our part, the universe will infuse us with all things good. It really comes down to that simple principle. The more you honor and respect your body, yourself, your life, and those around you, the greater rewards you receive in return. The more we shine the light of consciousness into every dark corner of our minds, the greater our ability to see things in new ways. The more we release old attitudes, face the fire, forgive, and open our hearts, the greater insights we receive. And the more we integrate all aspects of our existence into one flow of intention toward growth, the more our lives begin to flow. As you mature spiritually, you come to truly appreciate, trust, and surrender to the light that is within you. And from there, you can do anything. Section Maintaining the Meditative Mind State Imagine this. You wake up in the morning, meditate, and do your yoga practice before you start your day. You feel peaceful as you go about your morning, taking a shower, reading the paper, eating breakfast. You head outside or wherever your car is parked and discover that someone has put a huge dent in the driver's side door. You react automatically and immediately, getting annoyed and angry, and suddenly, bam, your peace goes into pieces. The equanimity you found just a few minutes before vanishes when you are confronted with the stress of everyday life. The practices in this book will do you no good whatsoever if you roll up and put away the meditative mind state along with your yoga mat. What good is being calm and centered for one hour a day if you are going to abandon your spirit for the other 23? The Bhagavad Gita, the yogic Bible, quote-unquote, is one of the big metaphysical war stories in which the student warrior trains his mind and heart with yogic discipline, cultivates virtue, wisdom, and clarity, and then goes out and fights on the battlefield. Your practice helps you to rise above mental battlefields, both of this world and of your mind. If you've ever been to one of my classes, you've heard me say, your real practice begins when you leave class. Living from equanimity in your calm center of dignity is something you need to strive for 24 hours a day, not just a few hours a week. The many crises that occur from day to day can serve as fertilizer for your growth. 
They reveal lessons to learn, patterns to break, reactions to become aware of, resistance to break through. Stress isn't always pleasant, but it definitely enriches your spiritual soil. It's not necessarily only big things that upset our inner balance. The accumulation of reactions to small things is also a factor. Overreactive people are impacted and imprinted by their environment, soaking up all the stresses and pressures like a sponge and storing them in muscles and mind. They are often super sensitive to their physical environment. If the weather is good, they feel good. If it isn't, their attitude and way of being is diminished. They are also influenced by social weather. When people treat them well, they feel good. When people don't, they become depressed, defensive, or even sick. Reactive and insecure people build their emotional lives around the behavior of others. Part of your journey is learning how to carry our own weather with us. So no matter if it rains or shines, we don't lose our own ability to be patient, kind, and come from a place of love rather than resentment. When we can respond from a place of patience and respect, regardless of what happens around us, we are then informed, formed from within, rather than formed by outside forces. Someone once asked Gandhi, if you want to be with God, why don't you go live in a Himalayan cave? Gandhi replied, if I thought God was in a Himalayan cave, I would go there immediately. But I believe God is found in humanity. We don't need to give it all up and go live in a cave somewhere to maintain our meditative mind state. My father used to say that if you put an exotic flower in a hot house, it thrives. But if you put it out on a street in New York City, it will wilt in minutes. Anyone can be a yogic in an ashram, but can you bring that into your real life? Your practice brings you to your center of dignity, to the objective state of equanimity where light, patience, and true love are found. So how do you protect the meditative mindset in the middle of conflict? Live the principles you employ on your yoga mat. Practice daily to strengthen your inner light. See conflict without resenting it or wanting to change it. Look at the conflict in front of you straight in the eye. Don't be a doormat. Stand firm without becoming reactive. Know that it doesn't matter if people love you in that moment. You love them. It doesn't matter if people understand you. You understand them. And if they do not forgive you, you forgive them. Be patient under trial. As long as you are not judgmental or resentful, you will be able to disagree without being disagreeable. If you have something to say, say it. Don't be upset or react. Just say it. If you have something to do, do it. Don't be upset or react. Just do it with presence. Don't be overly excited by praise or offended by criticism. And don't be too quick to give praise or criticism. Don't take things personally. Remember, it's usually not about you. Always follow your intuition. Practice doubting your doubts when they arise. Do not fall into the trap of competition in comparison. Stay in your body in moments of adversity. Let go and have faith in the power of the universe. It is always there for you all 
you ever need to do is let go and let it in. Section 3. The Ripple Effect Platonic philosophy talks about life being like a wheel. At the center of the wheel is an energy that floods out into all the spokes of our lives. We tend to separate everything in our lives into categories. Our work is over here, our relationships are over there, and somewhere else is our health and the spiritual life. But really everything is connected to everything else. This deeper level of integration is the next step on your journey, where your body, soul, and lifestyle are all interwoven as one. You know your practice is working when every interaction in your life flows forth from this oneness. When you go deeper into your heart, your truth naturally fans out into all the areas of your life. As your transformation unfolds, you may start to look around and question your work, your relationships, and what you say and do. When you are awakened to the charisma of authenticity within you, it is natural to start to look at your life and to see it with entirely new eyes. You may notice times and situations in which you are not speaking your truth, where before you might have been able to gloss over these moments, perhaps now you feel uncomfortable doing so, you live your truth by sharing it, and to the extent that you are withholding it from others, you are denying yourself. Don't be afraid to speak your truth. If delivered from the heart with kindness, honesty, and genuine intent, the effects can be astonishing and can take life, health, and relationships to new levels. It may not necessarily be easy to speak from the heart. You may ruffle some feathers, but as you continue to cultivate your equanimity and meditative mind state, it will come more naturally. You will become less concerned with pleasing others and avoiding conflict and more focused on living joyously and freely for your truth, come what may. You may become aware that some relationships are no longer serving you or that certain situations do not reflect your core values. Lily, a longtime student of mine, came to a boot camp in Montana. She was meditating on top of a mountain and came to that sad but profound realization that she did not want to marry her fiancé, whom she knew deep in her heart was not right for her. Another student who worked on Wall Street used to go to a happy hour every day after work with his colleagues and smoke and drink right after through dinner. After he came to a Mexico boot camp, he decided he no longer wanted to take part in that kind of toxic lifestyle. His colleagues gave him a hard time, but he remained committed to his choice. Friends or loved ones may not understand when you change like this, but if you stay calmly aligned with what is true for you, that change will lead you to a real and authentic place within your life. You may feel drawn to examine your life's work, either the path you have chosen or the energy you put behind it. A student at a workshop told the group that once she started to practice regularly, she no longer wanted to produce the negative political campaign ads that had been her job for several years. She wanted to use her talents to spread hope, not cynicism. Your work in the world is meant to be about expressing the power and spirit that's within you. It's not necessarily about the specific job you do or the position you hold. Whether you are a missionary or bricklayer, a school teacher, or the CEO of a major corporation, what matters is that you show up with complete presence 
and magnificence. It is the power of your personal contribution that creates true prosperity, wealth, and abundance for you and all those around you. Section 4. Continuing your practice. The journey into power is a lifelong practice. As you grow and evolve in your own way, your practice will grow and evolve. It will be different from day to day, week to week, year to year. What matters the most is that you continue to show up and do it. You can seek out little tips and tricks for your staying motivated, but what it comes down to is intention. It's not how you do something that empowers you. It's why you are doing it. What do you want for yourself? Is there another reality that would be more fulfilling, more authentic, more truthful? Do you want to just cope with the stresses of your life or do you want to rise above them? Do you want to survive or do you want to radiate? How far do you want to go? We all know the saying, if you know better, do better. It's simple. If we live and do what we know is right in our hearts, we grow. Living what you know creates a state of being that I call clicking, in which everything in your life just effortlessly clicks into place and you live in forward momentum. Daily practice keeps you plugged in and keeps that forward momentum happening. Maintain your practice by doing a little bit a lot, and that will be your anchor in life. Once you are inwardly changed and your growth is a central focus of your life, falling off track is not an option. It might happen, but your conscience will scream louder than ever. In those moments, the light shows you the way back and you simply begin anew. Section 5. Shining on. You don't need permission to shine. That's the biggest mistake we make in life. We think we need someone's approval to be magnificent or to just own what is true to us. But we are all not only capable of radiating light and love, but it is our moral responsibility. A part of our maturing and venturing into authentic power is putting aside all small and worthless values. The world needs this from us at this time. It used to be an option to grow and to be present, but personal strength and presence of mind is no longer a luxury. It is an absolute necessity. Our families need us to be present. Our communities need us to be present. The world needs us to be present. Being true to our inner knowing is one of the most precious gifts you can give to the people around you. I remember when I first started teaching yoga from my heart. People loved my classes. I didn't really know the right way to teach, but I had a lot of fun. People used to come up to me after class and say, that was so amazing, I'll be back. My class size grew like crazy. I didn't know all the rules of teaching, but I knew how to show up fully and give what I had. It felt good, natural, and right. This went on for a couple of years, and then a terrible thing happened. A famous yoga teacher, who I really admire, sat down with me and said, You know, Baron, you're a good teacher, but you don't have any formal training. Let me train you. A sense of self-doubt overtook me, and I started scrambling to learn all the rules. I thought if I could get the rules down, then maybe I wouldn't just be a good teacher, I'd be a great one. So I listened and learned from good teachers all the principles of how to teach and do it right. I tried to sound the way I thought a yoga teacher should sound, 
and doing what a good yoga teacher does. People stopped coming to my classes because suddenly the spirit, the energy, and the charisma of what I had been doing was lost. Suddenly, I wasn't fun anymore. When the joy was lost for me, the depletion of my personal power set in, and the magic in my classroom was lost. It didn't take long before I stopped trying to be who I was quote-unquote supposed to be. I threw away my doubts about who I truly was and went back to teaching from my heart. Attendance surged again, and I learned a very valuable lesson. I realized that I had educated myself right out of my common sense and innocence. What some call beginner's luck, it's a mistake that I will never repeat. I now know that if you truly believe in the presence within you, the love in your heart will guide you and you'll naturally flow from your inner light. Just show up, shine, and be yourself at whatever you are called to do. If you do that, you will be great. If you listen to successful people who made their dreams come true, you see that they followed their hearts and made their own rules. We can follow the rules and they may help us. We may even grow to a degree, but eventually we need to break out of the box and rediscover our innocence. What makes your heart sing? Within that question is the key to expressing, sharing, and making your ultimate contribution to this earth. At the end of every boot camp, as I look around at the glowing faces, I tell my students, go forth and shine. Go bless the world. It is not enough just to awaken within yourself in your own life. As my father taught me so many years ago when he encouraged me to teach my very first class, you need to share your light with those around you. The wealthiest place on the planet is not a gold or diamond mine or even a palace. It is our graveyards because so many people die with their brilliance, gifts, and talents inside. They did not share who they were with anyone, perhaps not even themselves. The next step after self-fulfillment is making a contribution to the world. This can take on many different forms and will be deeply personal to you. Maybe you choose to make small changes in the way you relate to people around you, even strangers. Maybe you choose to be more generous with your money, time, or energy. Maybe you step up and contribute to your community, or maybe you can just be an example to the people around you. As Gandhi said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. Have you been living your truth in your body, your mind, your soul, in the world? If you haven't, then the good news is that the mystery is solved as to why you don't have what you want on this earth. Armed with the knowledge you've gleaned in this book, you can have what you really want. It is so simple. We get what we give. If we respect our bodies, they will be our vessels for transformation. If we put forth honesty, sincerity, and love, we will receive them in return. And if we don't like what we've been doing, then the beautiful thing to remember is that we can always start over again. Just as the meditation practice teaches, we simply begin again. This is a journey with no end, with many paths and many turns along the way. If you find yourself walking down the wrong path, simply change direction and begin again. 
we are surrounded with opportunities to grow and fuel our journey into power. We are powerful when we open our spiritual eyes and ears and really dare to be fully present. We are powerful when we live and share from our hearts rather from the chaos in our heads. We are powerful when we exceed ourselves and find our exceeding selves. We radiate power when we speak our truth, come what may. When we live at cause and from truth, the heights and depths to which we may journey are infinite. The great teacher Rama Krishna once said, the winds of grace are blowing all the time. All we need to do is raise our sails. I hope you raise your sails high and journey forward into your best life. Namaste.